This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is our 88 Films Italian Collection series looking at disc number 18. This is Hands of Steel. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Now as you can probably guess from the raspier and sexier tone of my voice, I am recovering from the cold. So bear with me and hopefully my voice will bear out on this episode. I did want to get fired written about this one and get it out for you all to check it out because I like doing these every two weeks, putting them out on the Sunday for you guys to check them out and keep the series rolling on and on and on. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to swinging in to this one, a movie I knew nothing about, a movie I had never seen before, but a movie that has so many key components in the Duncan feel-good tick list that there's absolutely no way I can't enjoy this. Or can I not? We'll find out, we'll find out after our first break. As always, there's a ton of updates at the start of all our episodes, bit of housekeeping, if you will. Let me kick it off by saying this is the fourth and final episode of the week. Thank you very much and congratulations for getting through four episodes this week. Yay! There is another four coming next week. I took a break there because I just wanted you to bask in the knowledge that there was a gap of a couple of hours and then we kick it all off all over again. Yay! Coming tomorrow we have episode number four in the Bazaween series. That's right, Baz is going to be taking on Toby Hooper's Salem's Lot based on the Stephen King novel. It is a rip-roaring, fantastic, slightly longer episode than the other ones, but it's a hella, hella good time. So check it out when it drops tomorrow. On Tuesday, we drop the next instalment of my 31 of October series of reviews. We'll be looking at movies at number 15 through 21, uh, so we'll see how that one goes uh, a lot of shit in that list but a lot of kind of amazing content as well and then if all that wasn't enough we have Movie Club the listener reviews for Satan's Little Helper now I have about five of them in you have until Wednesday to get them in that episode goes out on Thursday so do not delay get your review in today to make that episode hear me? Wednesday is your cut off time don't leave me hanging here, peeps. Don't leave me hanging. And then on Sunday, you get another bonus episode. It's a very special bonus episode. It's a very special bonus episode because I'm looking at another title, which probably would have made my 31 of October if I was not doing that list about a month and a half removed from when Shudder announced what they were putting out. So I'll be looking at The Witch in the Window. That is your Sunday episode, dropping a week today. Then on the week of Halloween, whoo, that week of Halloween, we will have on the Monday, 
because it's three back-to-back ladies and gents on the Monday we'll have the final instalment of our Bazaween series Baz is taking on the mighty mighty Suspiria on Tuesday you will get my 31 of October you will get a series of reviews covering movies number 22 through to 28 and then on the Wednesday on Halloween we're dropping something special for all y'all out there to check out and then on Thursday, so technically you get four episodes back-to-back, on the Thursday, you get an overall conclusion to the 31 of October. That's right, you're going to get movies number 29 through 31. So yeah, tons of stuff coming up. Plenty of podcast content. I assure you, when we get comfortable into November, the content will diminish slightly. We'll, We'll be putting out less uh, and then in December, you guys control that month, and that is when things calm down a bit more. Only three weeks of episodes, which still might mean there's 40 coming out, uh, but three weeks of episodes in December before my two-week break over Christmas. So there we go. Right, we're going to take my first break of the show. You're going to have promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for our movie review. This is disc number 18 in the 88 Films Italian Collection series. This is Hands of Steel. I'll be right back to discuss that movie right after this. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. (laughs) That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard or Jeffrey or Simon. That's right. We have four people and we always talk at once except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. The Seed with Mission as directed. And don't let there be any mistakes. Neutralize. Neutralize. No! Just follow my orders, we won't fail. result of Project HOS-1.
70% of my body has been bionically reconstructed. Go after him with the laser. Welcome back. So you just heard the trailer for our movie review. Oh, this is Hands of Steel. It's this number 18 in the 88 Films Italian Collection series. Um, let's get into this one because this one is fucking bonkers. According to the 88 Films blurb on their website, it says Paco Quarac, played by Daniel Green of Deadly Intruder, is the product of insane industrialist Francis Turner, played by John Saxon of A Nightmare on Elm Street. 70% android, 30% human, Paco was created to deserve one purpose, to assassinate an experimental scientist who has found ecological ways out of much of Turner's business. When Paco realises that the target is a good man, he is unable to fulfil his mission. With the hunter, now the hunted, Turner sends an army after his once prized creation, but it's going to take more than that to stop Paco Querac. From the legendary Sergio Martino, director of Torso, comes Hands of Steel, a rip-roaring slice of 80s action-adventure with an all-Italian twist, not to mention gratuitous scenes of arm wrestling. Co-starring Janet Argon of Say the Living Dead, George Eastman of Absurd, Claudio Casanelli of Suspected Death of a Minor and his final on-screen performance and featuring another knockout score from Goblin's Claudio Simonetti. Hands of Steel is essential viewing for any fans of Italian exploitation and finally makes his HD premiere thanks to 88 Films. Well, oh, just so much right about this movie. So much right just from this blurb here. I'll tell you what's right about this movie. The fact that one, you've got Sergio Martino directing it. Sergio Martino, I think, is getting a bit of a renaissance now amongst um, cinephiles in that I think he put out a ton of really, really interesting, really cinematic, gorgeous work in the 70s and 80s, which has been reappraised now with the attention kind of moving across to the Italian genre cinema and Blu-ray HD releasing of them. We're finding a lot more companies putting out Martino stuff, and I think... That's kind of fucking awesome. I think uh, George Eastman always plays a fucking great villain. He's great in this movie. I think um, Janet Agron is is also really good in this movie. Daniel Green is playing basically his best impression of uh, like a cross between Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando and Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. Um, John Saxon, a limited role in the movie, but he's a once again he's a wonderful kind of classy villain uh, here as well. 
The special features on the disc were a new HD transfer from the original negative, which actually looks pretty cool. Uh, restored English soundtrack with Cindy Betchen on my soundbar. Uh, Atomic Martino, it's an interview with director Sergio Martino, which is over 40 minutes. Well worth checking out if you're a fan of Martino. I've always found Martino be kind of blunt about things. He, he doesn't sugarcoat things, and I think that's what kind of makes it awesome. But uh, let's let's unpack some of that synopsis from this movie. Um, yeah, the synopsis is listed on the 8 Films website is a bit more coherent than what I actually saw. I get a feeling that we're supposed to piece together a lot of the stuff that we have not seen before and a lot of stuff that comes after. And I find that, I, I imagine that's just one of those things with uh, Italian exploitation cinema where they just make jumps in narrative and you, you kind of have to go with it even if it doesn't make sense or even if it's not explained all that well and it's not in this movie like right from the start Paco you know arrives to kill this um, this uh, you know experimental scientist slash politician kinda um, and we know very little about him I mean obviously if you've read the blurb you know he's a cyborg but there's no indication of that at all he's very astute his martial arts are for lack of a better word laughable I mean it is hilarious it's like a really shite slow down version of that movie that had Christian Bale what was that one again where they did all the, the weird martial arts um, uh, uh, um, equilibrium equilibrium yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like Equilibrium, um, where they're doing, it's like Tai Chi movements uh, and mathematical equations, but with guns, and it's bitching in that movie, and this movie is clunky, slow, uh, with no guns, and it doesn't really make sense, and it is, it is laughable, but it is so entertaining that it's difficult to take your eyes off it. But yeah, in this movie, he just shows up to kill this guy and doesn't do it. There's no real indication of who sent him, what he is, the narrative just doesn't exist, and then he goes on the run. And then we start piecing together some stuff, there's these scientists that have kind of programmed him at the behest of John Saxon, who, you know, doesn't like failure and sees this cyborg who, to be honest with you, doesn't really know that much about, even though the 88 films blurb is like his prized possession. He doesn't really act that way, and... Yeah, they, they go hunting him down, um, and our, our man Paco decides to lay low uh, in this bar, this dive bar in the middle of nowhere, but it just so happens they do arm wrestling competitions. So yeah, cue the over-the-top stuff, um, and I don't mean that things are over-the-top, I mean the movie over-the-top. Uh, so George Eastman plays this guy called Raul, who is wonderfully scummy in all the ways that you hate these sort of villains. Um, and George Eason is perfectly cast for this, he's brilliant in this movie, Just from the second he comes on the screen you dislike this guy and you hope he dies horribly, which he does, so we don't need to worry about that. He obviously is the current reigning champion, uh, there is a guy who is um, like the historically reigning champion and he's pictures all over the bar, but Raul finally managed to goad uh, Paco into an arm wrestle, he beats him and then he can't let this go so meanwhile the police are trying to track down Paco these industrialists are trying to track down Paco uh, and Paco is laying low by doing arm wrestling that's right arm wrestling so the following day Paco's tricked um, and he's taken out into the, the desert and beaten up 
by Raul and his men, but what Raul's doing is basically trying to get him out of the way so he will default lose um, a match that has been scheduled against the, the reigning uh, historical champion of arm wrestling in this bar. Of course, Paco arrives in time. He also wins and secretly saves this guy who's arm wrestling's life, uh, makes him okay, and it kind of helps him out. So, you know, it's like, um, it's like you kind of look at and go, that was very nice of him, and it plays off later on. You'll find out why. Uh, so he wins that, and then we're on this kind of dash towards the finish of this movie because we spent about 50 minutes of this arm wrestling and fifth in the round. So yeah, the the industrialist has more than just an army coming. They manage to coerce Raul into helping them, so he becomes part of the evil gang because we need that in 80s movies. It happens in lots of 80s movies. I always, always remember watching Nico, and this guy who's just like a rat informant is there at the end when Nico's being terrorised. Um, like, why is he here? Why is this scummy junkie rat informant with these CIA guys at the end of this movie to see Nico get tortured? Never made sense, but that's just what they did in the 80s. Uh, bit characters become villains at the end because we need to see bad things happen to them. And so Paco goes on the offensive, starts taking all these guys out. Um, he gets hunted down, him and his uh, girlfriend, which, yeah, there's this whole romance thing with the woman that owns the bar, played by Janet Agron. Um, they send a female cyborg to kill him, who is like a stunt double for Dynamo from The Running Man. Um, she is like a shite fembot, just like over the top, wearing perspex as a skirt. Uh, and just like wonderfully weird and attacking him, glowing red eyes, a weird claw finger um, and Paco rips her head off and fucks it off a wall so well done Paco, well done, we applaud you sir, we applaud you so we have that, uh, we have this push towards the end where he's basically fighting off people it looks like him and his girlfriend might be doomed to fail and then this arm wrestler who he saved shows up to take her away to the hospital um, except his van gets blown up and we think that they're dead but she survives no word on the arm wrestler we assume he perished horribly uh, but she survives but Paco thinks he, she's dead so he's nothing to live for now so he goes in this violent tirade starts killing everyone um, and then eventually kills John Saxon uh, who is wielding the shittest laser gun you've ever seen so we throw all this into the mix uh, and then the police are there to basically bring him down, tell him, you know, we know it wasn't your fault, you can come with us, etc, etc, etc. And um, he's like, no, no. And then the, the girl shows up and she's like, I'm still alive. And he's like, no, you're not. I saw you burn to death. But she makes her way and then she finally finds that he's a cyborg. And then the... If you've ever seen Cannibal Holocaust, at the end of Cannibal Holocaust, you have that great line of, you know... Uh, you know, who's the who are the real monsters? And you're like, that is profound as fuck. That's profound as fuck. And that's what this whole movie means. Then to this one, um, Paco's injured, and you can see cybernetics, and she now knows that he's a cyborg, and he basically says, maybe Paco never existed at all. And then we get a quick thing that says, after this point, the use of cyborgs were outlawed. And then we get the credits. And that's the end of the movie. And I was like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Cause that didn't make any sense and it seemed a bit like they were trying to profoundly 
lectures about the use of cyborgs uh, from the 80s. It seemed very weird, very strange, and totally, totally weird. Just like out of left field. It's like almost someone couldn't work out quite how they were going to finish this movie. I mean, it's awful. The movie is absolutely awful, but it is entertaining as fuck. I laughed all the way through it, and I kind of, I would want to make other people watch this movie because there's bits in it where I'm just like, this is. This is why Italian cinema died its death in the 80s, because it went too weird, too over the top, and um, there was less money going around. People were trying to do more ambitious things with less money every single time. And it shows in this one, and I, I feel kind of sorry for it. I mean, the action sequences are over-the-top nonsense. The arm wrestling stuff shouldn't be in this movie, but it's kind of great. George Eastman's a brilliant villain. Uh, they did play Paco as enthralling enough in that he is chiselled but there's nothing on. He, he, he's playing a cyborg that can't emote for a reason because I don't think this guy can actually emote um, the Simonetti score is fucking by far and away the best thing here like it is worth watching it just for the Simonetti score it is, it is brilliant, it is the height of 80s cheese and uh, Simonetti's nonsense, I could listen to it on repeat, whenever it kicked in I was like here we fucking go um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Giver soundtrack if anyone remembers that really 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 good, really enjoyed that side of things like I say we've got some great villains, John Saxon is basically turning up for a paycheck and that is fine I'm happy with that, John Saxon, because you turn up for a paycheck means I at least get a bit of credibility. Uh, like I say, Georgie Smith is wonderfully over the top, slightly rapey, and like a terrible character who ultimately dies by getting his head crushed in a, in a way that I can kind of get behind and enjoy. So we had that as well. Uh, but it's not a great movie. It's not a great movie. It's got kind of A-team special effects when it comes to car crashing and things blowing up. It's not a great movie. Um, if I was to give it a Netflix grade, which I must on this show, it gets a 3.5. Somewhere between I liked it and I really liked it. A 3.5, but I will say this, it is one of the more entertaining titles we've covered thus far in the 88 Italian collection. Um, and I will watch it again and I will get people to watch it just because this would make a great drunken commentary. So I might what I might do towards the end of the year is I might spring... Um, an 88 films commentary on one of the titles. Uh, I might pick three titles, put them up in the group chat for you to to um, to come back and and vote on. Whichever one wins, I'll find a couple of guests and we'll run a fun commentary. Hands of Steel would be one that I would put forward for that because I think it'd be a riot. That and Blast Fighter actually might be might be fun. In fact, they would be a great double bill for anyone wanting a fun night and of exploitation cheese. Uh, put them in a nice sandwich and you're in for a good time right I'm going to take my final break of the show when I come back I'm closing it out and I'm doing it right after this you're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been a review of this number 18 as part of our 88 Films Italian Collection series. That was Hands of Steel. Of course, that means we will be turning our attention in two weeks' time to disc number 19 and swinging back to my warm, comfy blanket, that of the Jello. Um, disc number 19, we will be looking at Seven Deaths in the Cat's Eye. 
Uh, according to 88 Films, it says a law following. The McGreefs, a wealthy Scottish family, really, really, is that the name we're going with? Are rocked by a grisly murder on their estate. Their youngest, Cor- Coringa, um, it's not a Scottish name, uh, finds herself embroiled in an increasingly bizarre saga. As the bodies pile up, Coringa starts suspecting someone within her family um, of the murders. Is it her arrogant cousin James, played by Herman Keller uh, of Fellini's Satyricon? Their seductive French teacher Suzanne, played by Doran, Doris Cusman uh, of Funny Games? Her own mother Alicia, played by Dana Gaia of My Dear Killer? Or could it be the legend of the McGreefs family? And could it be true? That any McGreef killed at the hands of another will bring about a vengeful curse on the whole clan. Italian film legend Antonio Margheriti uh, of The Long Hair of Death delivers the stylish gothic giallo with an all-visual panache that made him the icon he is today. And Ritz Ortolone of Cannibal Holocaust supplies a beautiful score to this lushly slot creeper. So bask in the glory of its 2K scan, courtesy of 88 Films. I don't know about you guys, but I have wood. The special features in this disc will be a new 2K restoration from the original camera negative, newly restored English soundtrack, restored Italian soundtrack with newly translated English subtitles, audio commentary with genre expert Troy Holworth, English trailer, Italian trailer, and interview with Edorado Margheriti. Uh, right, so that is our next one that we'll be covering. I'm looking forward to that one. Scottish and Jallo, this might be the movie for me. We will wait and see, ladies and gents. We will wait and see. There is, of course, a ton of ways to check out the podcast under the stairs. As always, I say come on, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Come across, subscribe to the feed, that way you get the episodes as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content. But don't stop there, ladies and gents. Do not stop there. Leave us a rating and a review. Ratings are super important. For example, if it's five stars, the more of them we get, the higher up the iTunes charts for push for people to come across and check out our show. Reviews are your words to new listeners to basically tell them why they might check it out and why they might like it. It's your way of selling us, basically. It's like your way of doing a nice little review of what we do. Um, it takes seconds, doesn't cost you anything. It is the best way to support us on that platform and it really does mean the world to us all. You can also check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play and the TuneIn app. You can visit our website, it's tputzcast.com. You can click the merch tab there or go direct to our merch page at tputzcast.bigcartel.com where you can pre-order your Bazoine enamel pin or you can buy some posters and other cool swag. There will be more stuff coming up real soon, ladies and gents. Real, real soon. Also, you can visit our Facebooks. We have two pages. We have the group page. That's where all the interactive, cool, fun shit happens with our listeners. That is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. We also have a page where we post live streams. It's connected to our Instagram and you can go direct to our merch page from there as well. That is facebook.com forward slash tputzcast. So there we go. You can interact with the Baz and the Twin Prongs, the social media sexiness, Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at TeapotsCast. Well, there we go. That's another episode down. My voice just held out and no more. Uh, and we have a ton of content 
coming your way next week, ladies and gents. That's right, another four episodes. Kicking off with Bazaween episode four. The Baz takes on Salem's lot. We'll be back tomorrow with that. But wherever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs, and I am signing off. Mm-hmm.